Everybody, welcome to episode 77 of In a Good Way podcast. Today's very special guest is Veronica Iglesias. She is a Tisit. Did I say it right? Tisit? Yes. Which <laughs> means medicine woman. Uh, she has a master's degree in Mesoamerican studies by UNAM. She is also one of the creators of the Jade Oracle deck, a beautiful, beautiful Oracle deck. Uh, I got a chance to go through it. Um, a little bit so you know it's beautiful and uh she's joining us from mexico from merida yucatan so welcome veronica it's an honor to have you here thank you thank you very much Omar, for being here it's an honor it's an honor for me to to be here and share space with you and with the people who is following you absolutely no i'm, I'm sure they'll get a lot out of it um you know i'm very excited I think I shared with you briefly when I started the podcast, I definitely wanted to to uh, teach people about our culture and, and you know, things um, from our ancestors, because there's so much knowledge, so much wisdom. And also in the way that, you know, indigenous teachings, there's always a balance. There's always a balance with Mother Earth, with nature. And that helped me, you know evolve I think in my spiritual journey so to me it's always an honor to speak with someone that has knowledge uh and is able to speak about it better probably better than I know how to explain things so <laughs> <laughs> so um I want to start I always like to start a little in the beginning just to see uh at what point because I know a lot of people are going through some kind of spiritual awakening now I see it all around you know, that wasn't always the case when I was little. I couldn't find anyone, right? I was, it was a very lonely path for me. So for you, were you already experiencing things when you were little? Or, you know, were your parents already aware? Were they helping you? Was was all that going on? Or was it the same, like a lonely road? I will say same, same thing, same path as you described. Um, I grew up in Mexico City. I was born in Mexico City, uh, urban uh, space. Uh, so I remember when I was little, I have the capacity to see the world in a different way, to perceive things, to feel things, to feel the energy. And Sometimes I remember sharing with my mom, like I can see something in the window, I can feel something under the bed, or mm. just at the beginning. And she was trying to see, she went to the, uh, for example, went to the window and nothing, checking the bed, and there's nothing there, but it's like, ah, something, I can feel it. Or the energy of people, like for me was, um, uh, like being a child, very overwhelmed to feel, close to some people, I was not able to stand, be close to some people, or just go to, you know, like hundreds, oh, no, thousands of people in Mexico City, you are never alone. So that overwhelmed the feeling, everybody's energy. So yeah, but nobody was able to tell me what I was experiencing. Um, 
yeah, for my mother's side, there's more like it's the indigenous part, but I was not close to them. So yeah, I have to figure out all of the things by myself. Um, yeah, it was not easy. A lo lonely path too, in some way. But at some point, I start when I was 19, 18, 19, I, I found a place where they were offering meditation, you know, like more like the West, like Western world, more that yoga meditation in that, mm. that way. So I start understanding that I love meditation, that open, like for me to start understanding the world, to see that I was not the only one experiencing the world in this way. So that was the beginning. So I started uh, meditating when I was 18, 19, and yeah. I never stopped. That really gave me a lot of peace and answer. Because like you were saying, I didn't have anybody close to explain the world, how I was seeing the world. So asking in meditation helped me a lot to start understanding how I was perceiving things. Mm. Wow. Mm. So did this begin when you were still in Mexico? Or, because at one point you came to the United States, you said, mm -hmm. right? And you lived here for many years. So was that still in Mexico where you began meditating and all that? Or it was already here? In that was in, in Mexico City. Still. Oh, okay. So I moved to New Mexico when, after my master's degree. Oh, Mm -hmm. So I was there 15 years, but I will say the beginning of my awakening to this magic world again was in Mexico City. And um, for, yeah, I will say meditating helped me a lot. But later, you know, I went to college. Well, I was in high school when I started meditating. Then I went to college and everything became very like, how I can explain. I became very academic in a way, just ruled by the scientific um, methods and uh, nothing that was no explained by science ah. was not real. So I, for me, I think it was a safe way to say like, well, I don't want to see, I don't want to feel things that I don't understand. Nobody can tell me what's going on. So better stay in a safe way. That for me was science. Um, so I stay in that way for many, many years. So I think it's 20, when I was 20 something, 25, 28. I think that when we are 28, like a crisis, no? Is what they say, mm. we have a crisis. So at, around that time, I left my job. I was I, I had a very successful job, but I was in a way I was feeling like empty. Like, yeah, I have a good career, making money, like very successful at that age, according with society is telling us to do. Mm. But I said no, this I don't want to do this. So I quit my job, and I just stay there like. I don't know, waiting for something. Oh. And at that time, uh, very close to my parents' house, a uh, class was open about medicinal plants. Mm. So I went, I, I have a lot of free time, so I went, and it's how I start remembering, you know, like <clears throat> how my mother used plants for 
for my help or, or healing in the family, my grandparents, aunts and everybody. So I started discovering again this world medicine and the connection with the plants. Mm. So it's how I start like opening again the path. Mm -hmm. So <coughs> so it was basically one of the like the medicinal plants like was it peyote or ayahuasca or any of those or it was just 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 um well for me I will um want to share with you that all plants for me are powerful plants. Mm. Um, so at that time, most like normal plants, more like more normal. So chamomile, you know, passion flower, passion flower is I will say it's my flower, it's my plant. No. I'm um in in the other tradition, I'm um, Aries, so I carry a lot of fire. I'm a person who is always busy doing things, always mm. never stop. But because of that, my nervous system have the tendency to be born out. Ah. It's too much. So when I discovered passion flower, we make tinctures. So passion flower was like for me, like, ah, oh, this is amazing. So <laughs> help me to regulate my nervous system because it's over, over. Yeah, I, I used to live, I still sometimes do live under huge stress doing so many things. And my job at that time was very demanding. So just like passion flower, Estafiate, uh, tobacco, or chamomile, colmeca, um, you know, like these kind of normal plants that you can access everywhere. So that. Um, and also, I was um, in this group of women, most of them were uh, mothers. Mm. Uh, and I was the only one, the youngest, uh, the only one single. And for me, that also was very beautiful because something changed for me meeting or being a group of women mm -hmm. in that totally different context. Because when I was growing up, like again, living in Mexico City, I learned to be very competitive. Since uh -huh. I was in um, elementary school. So it's always about competition, competition, competition. And for some reason, uh, in where I was, um, oh, in my schools, competitions was the competition was always with other ch girls, more mm. women. So it's a lot of was a lot of competition between us as girls, as women, young women. Uh, and that was how I used to connect with women. Competition, yes, friendship, but you know, you're my friend, but the rest, like we compete. To have good jobs, to have like, um, you know, like because also Mexico City to have access to a good education, mm. you need super high scores. Wow. So it's always to be the best, the best, the best, the best. That's the, the so when I, even, and then in, in academics was the same thing, competition always. So. I quit my job. Also, I my bosses was were on only women in all my jobs. Oh, wow. So was always this feminine concept. Oh, oh for me, the feminine world was competition. Wow. So when I went to this 
circle women sharing knowledge for me was like opening my vision to a different reality how we women can connect mm. so that was magic for me to like wow i don't need to compete here with anybody and yeah. sharing stories how the medicines were helping the families or how other women were sharing about their ancestors and their grandmother was doing this and my aunt was doing this so like yeah totally different world Mm. was uh, open for me and I say I want to explore more this world yeah I know it sounds like a beautiful experience to to go through such a big change like you said to see where you're being taught to be competitive versus where you're being taught to you know work together and learn together and pass on the knowledge so at that point were you already going to ceremonies or it was just more about like I mean, I know in a way it's still a ceremony, right? Because you're teaching, you're passing the knowledge. But was it already kind of like a temescal? Were you already going to those or anything like that or not yet? Not yet, but uh, that year, everything happened. That year was like key. I think, you know, when you asked for something in the universe, so like I say, I I perceive the world in a different way since I was a child. So at some point when I quit my job, I was asking the universe, like I want something different. Because at that time, as I want to mention, I was no spiritual. I was no spiritual woman. Mm. I was not believing in nothing. Because, well, I grew up Catholic. That didn't work for me. Uh, Anyway, it didn't work for me. So at that time, I was uh, feeling very lonely with the crisis, feeling that the war was too heavy to carry. Mm. So I started in this uh, group of women sharing knowledge about the plants. And then at that time, the same year, I hear from a woman who was doing healings or therapies with Obsidian, Ana Silvia Serrano. And later, she became one of my main mentors. Mm. Um, so I was... I contacted her and she was thinking in opening a, 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 a group to start teaching about crystals. So she's expert in crystal, crystal therapy and obsidian. Um, and then she invited me to go to a ceremony, my first ceremony uh, for uh, spring equinox in Xochicalco, that is a uh, very sacred place where uh, Quetzalcoatl was honored. So I was initiated there for the second time as a Saumadora, the carrier of the sacred fire. Mm. The first time was when I was a child in my family. Uh, I think was, I was eight or nine. And one of my aunts uh, gave me the Saumador to go in a, um, como se dice? No pilgrimage, but uh, when they take the saint and they go around in the town. Anyway, (laughs) but she asked me, like I was very young, so my family was involved with a big celebration, Catholic celebration, so she asked me to carry the Salvador. But of course I forgot about it, so when I was in the ceremony, so we have this the presence of the peyote so i want my first contact with the peyote with the guardians the wirarica people mm. or, or wicholes 
so that was my first experience and it was so intense so intense because that day like i was telling you like i was still very academic very scientific in my mind so that night with the presence of fire and uh drums and sing songs second songs and the peyote so i opened a memory of past life mm. uh, that was not a very beautiful memory um oh it wasn't so it was in shock no it was not oh wow it so it was a shock for me because i was thinking like this shock in my mind first for the memory and then like there's no way i can remember something like that i did like you know question it but it's not possible and it was like the the medicine of the peyote really was like opening again my vision to a, a past life infinite possibility to see the life the universe in different way not only the way how i learned in college uh, and then i start studying with anna silvia and going to more ceremonies i think the year after i went for my to my first temazcal and I was in love mm. with the temazcal and that day and that was not in Mexico because something I want to mention I'm talking about um let's see it's like 20 25 years ago something like that in Mexico City we almost didn't have any temazcales left it was more they were more present in the small communities so at that time i would say in the 80s 90s and after was a kind of boom again so a lot of uh, mestizos uh tried to recover the tradition so mm. my first tamascal was in um querétaro in la sierra gorda de querétaro in a very tiny community with one of the guardians of the tradition was trying to recover the tradition of the Temazcal because was lost in that community. So I, you know, the universe again take you to where you need to go. So I was invited to go and like I said, I was in love for the magic, the power of the Temazcal. Mm. So they have a group, a big group of people um, and they have two temazcales together. So one temazcal and then the next one for the next group of people. So I was fascinated. And so I asked the, the leader if I can stay for the second temazcal. Mm. And he told me, yeah, yeah, go ahead. So that was also a very interesting, profound learning that that was not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Because in the second temazcal, my, my blood pressures, because of the heat, started yeah. um, going down. So I was feeling very bad. I almost faint, faint mm. because of the heat. And I was losing so much um, water anyway. But the good thing is, yes, I was in love. But I also discovered how important it was to be prepared to get, guide a ceremony as powerful as that and uh, never abuse the medicine in no and no any kind of medicine the temazcal is very very powerful medicine so uh, my first time I will say I tried to have the experience too much uh, well I don't know I'm describing this 
in the a good way, but you know what I mean? Like no, absolutely. We need to be super respectful. Mm. And not just like have I want more, I want more. No, like the Temascal told me, like, no, that's not the way. Mm -hmm. No, yeah. I mean I completely understand understand what you're talking about, so I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like one uh, after the other experience. So that this two couple oh this two couple years was everything. Mm. So my life was totally different in two years. Wow. And that's when you, you said you were in your late twenties already when that started happening? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I, so you said you had uh because I, I noticed that that's when it happened. It's a lot to a lot of people, like a crisis or a trauma. So at that time, you were going through something that pushed you towards wanting to search for more, right? Right, right. Because at that time, like I said, I have like, I was very successful, finished college, very successful in college, very successful in my jobs, making good money. But I was feeling empty. Mm. Like, like, this is not what I want to live the rest of my life. Like, no way. Like, no, no. And also was part of the crisis, you know, like the system told you, yeah, you go to college, you study, you have a good job, you make money, da, 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 and, and you are happy. And like, no. So that didn't work for me. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. So were you... When you came to New Mexico, did you continue? You continue, you found a community and you continued uh, experiencing like that, being in ceremony and everything? Or? Mm -hmm. Yeah, in, in a different context, um, right? So when I moved to New Mexico, I started connecting with people who was working with the medicine. Mm. Uh, they have the mascales. So in New Mexico, um, uh, I start living the Temascales in our okay. And it's something that I've been doing for since then. Uh, so I start living the Temascales, working with people who was uh, making medicine with plants. Uh, later, later I connect, oh, oh part of those some calculis were doing, were dancing. So mm -hmm. I also start dancing myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, then I connect with some of the Pueblo communities in Albuquerque and Navajo, Odine people. Mm -hmm. So I also start working with them. I have one mentor who I, she, I always forget the, the her uh, ancestry, but anyway, she also start uh, teaching me. Uh, oh, wow. some of her ways in the medicine and well later uh, uh, I was called to be part of a ceremony in Mayan land um, that was my first time in, in ceremony in a place where they invite women again to come to come back to start um, was a ceremony for Fuego Nuevo, New Fire. Mm. Uh, and also start again the priest, the feminine priestesshood 
priestesses food <laughs> uh, for Ichel. And Ichel is the Mayan woman of medicine. So they want to bring again women to start connecting with the energy of Ichel and the medicinal part in, in Mayan life. Mm. In a way, even though I was born more in the Nahua tradition, I also carry the, the tradition um, from Michelle. And I think that's why I'm here now in Mayan land. Something oh. called me. So, so it's, is it very, is it that different? The, the Mayan traditions versus, how you said, the Nahua traditions? Uh, I will say the basic is, is very similar, like, you know, the, the connection with the four elements, the four directions, the um, three dimensions, the upper world, middle world, underworld. Um, so, like, I will say the, the base is similar because it's, it's, it's both are in Mesoamerica, mm -hmm. but there's some subtle things that are different. The plants for healing are different. The, for example, the colors connected with the different or each direction are different. Um, but um, I would say it, it is in a way for me it is very similar. Mm. Uh, let me ask you real quick before I forget, like jade, because even what you have is that's jade, right? Uh, yeah. Uh -huh. the, so and even you know the obviously the oracle deck is even called uh, you know oraculo. How do you say it in Spanish? Jade. 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 Okay. Uh so what are some of the things, or why why were you drawn to jade? Is it is it just a huge part of? Uh, obviously, it's a huge part of indigenous cultures because even natives up here in the U.S. use jade and all that. So what what is one of the main significance? like of jade for you or for indigenous people in general? Right, so jade is, I'll say the most sacred stone in Mesoamerica. Oh. It is very important in terms of like, in the economy, but spiritually it's sacred. Mm. Is, uh, is it was used and still is used for in healing, and the jade the jade is connected with the energy in a way with the feminine energy of the of Mother Earth. Mm. So jade is connected with water. Jade is connected with jaguar. So here I have the oh. the jaguar, the energy of the jaguar, the feminine jungle. Uh, water, cenotes, that's the jade. And jade as life, too. So that's why the jade was used or wore um, in Mesoamerica. And also, when people die, they put a bit of jade inside the mouth because they oh. were thinking that with the soul needed to go to the other realms. The soul needs the the to have something very valuable with 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 him with her to go and cross the different places that the soul need the soul needs to go in order to go to the final destination. Mm. So jade is is super powerful. Mm, I love jade and also it's connected with what I was talking with the cosmos. Um, so 
one of, when I was in, in the master, in my master, I took classes with um, Alfredo Lopez Austin that is, well, I love his classes. He was amazing. And he was describing that the three stones are very sacred for Mesoamerica. Obsidian, mm -hmm. jade, and turquoise. Oh. The obsidian is connected with the underworld. Mm. The jade with the middle world and turquoise with the upper world. So, and for me, these stones came in that order. So, um, when I, I, every time I went to visit my grandparents in Puebla, very close to the Popocatépetl, the volcano, oh. every time I found at least between one to five different pieces of obsidian, ancient. Oh. Wow. So I, as a child, I start collecting them. And later in school, I learned that obsidian was used, you know, for different things. Mm -hmm. But they don't never mention the, the healing properties. Mm -hmm. So later, when I meet Ana Silvia, that I already mentioned, I learned how some of the ways how the obsidian was used in healing or, and divination. So the obsidian was like the first stone that came to my life. Then when I was in high school, around like uh, when I started meditating at that time, the jade came to my life. Mm. So I found it in, in the jungle in one of my field trips. So oh, I found wow. my, my first piece of jade. Uh, and later when I was going to New Mexico, New Mexico is famous because they, have, they used to have mines of turquoise. So I connect with the turquoise. So the, these three stones are super powerful because they are connected with the cosmos, uh, with healing, with divination, with our presence in, in earth. So jade is the, the stone that helps us to heal ourselves for all of the things that we experience living in this earth. Mm. So help us to make peace with our terrestrial existence in, in a way. Uh, and the turquoise is more when we want to connect with, with um, the divine world. It's very good for meditation when we want to ask, ask when we need answers. And obsidian is super powerful when we want to work the deep, deep personal work of the shadow, no? Oh. When we really want to explore the reality about ourselves, things that we like, things that we don't like about ourselves, that's the obsidian. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. And yeah, jade, jade is, is an amazing stone and that's why we call the jade oracle, the jade oracle. Oh. To have like the presence of um, these archetypes again in this earth, daily life, how they can help us. Absolutely. And uh, I heard you mention how you even put um, in another interview, how you put jade when you drink water. So what is what is like the, some of the benefits of that you feel for the healing, like in mostly? Or... Yeah. So like I was mentioning, the jade is, is like the connection with the middle world. Mm -hmm. So and jade is is the carries the energy of the water, the jungle, feminine energy. Um, so when when we infuse our water with jade, we are in a way where, and mostly why now 
because our water, the water that we are drinking is not alive anymore. That's the reality. Oh, wow. Because the water that is alive is the water that we can find in springs, you know? Mm. Or oh, rivers that used to be clean. Mm. So the water that we can access right now is, is like it's, it's dormant, it's not alive as it used to. So when we put jade, and the, also the jade has to be awake in a, in a way, you know, mm. like there's a way to, to connect with the, with the stones. That way we collaborate that they allow, or they give us permission to collaborate. So the jade that I put in my water I ask the support or the help to help me uh, to be charge the water again. So when that happened, the water changed the structure. It brings more nutrients and more life into our, our bodies. Mm. So, and you can do that with different crystals. Mm -hmm. But uh, Jade, I, I feel... It's also grounding. No, I feel that brings nutrients, life, and grounding. Mm, wow. Yeah, mm. when you mentioned even about the obsidian, I wish I would have known that it helps you because when I went through all my shadow work and <laughs> I wish I would have, if I would have known that, I would have definitely had some obsidian around. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah, obsidian is powerful. I will say that when we dedicate to healing, mm -hmm. first we need to heal ourselves mm -hmm. if we want to support somebody else. And there's no way, oh, oh, well, yeah, there's no way to try to help somebody if we haven't been doing our personal work. Mm -hmm. And obsidian is the key. Like, mm -hmm. if we want to really, if we are serious, about healing ourselves, obsidian is the tool. Wow. But also because it's so powerful, we get to be very careful how we work with obsidian uh, because it's shadow work. It can also be used to open different portals that we don't want to open. Mm. So if somebody wants to work with obsidian, needs to be guided by a therapist who already know how to work with obsidian or a medicine person who knows the obsidian mm. it's, because it's super powerful, super powerful. It will shake, it will shake your life more like to awake you like, hey, despierta, like that kind of, mm. so sometimes it's too intense. Wow. And so speaking of that, of like when, things that help you awaken or you open these doors or portals. How do you feel about like, because I know now it's, it's become a trend, right? Where there's, you know, everyone's doing peyote ceremony. Everyone's doing ayahuasca ceremonies. Everyone's doing even temescales, right? I remember once hearing about a place where they were doing like temescales and, you know, someone even died because you know, they were charging, they were charging. And I think they try to run it hard just to give people, oh, this is the, the mezcal experience and people were paying and then, you know, they ran it hard and then someone ends up dying. So how do you feel about that when, um, I mean, I know there's no way to stop it because, 
you know, everyone's like, oh, I know how, so I'm going to go do this. I know how, so I'm going to go do this. Um, but how do you feel about that? Like, you feel it's just part of, it's it's just part of the journey and it's going to help people awake as long as people are doing this? Or do you feel still that it's very important to have, like, people that know the medicine, that it was passed down, the knowledge from, you know, their ancestors and, you know, grandparents, parents, and they're carrying it on? Like, how do, how do you feel? Or how were you taught? Like, were you taught, yeah, this is the way, like, because it's safer like that or, or, or there's a certain way? Mm -hmm. Well, let me see how, how can I start? <laughs> yeah, I know, I said a lot. I was like. <laughs> so one thing I, I like to refer to the genetic code mm. so we as descendants of people of some people originally origin the originary people from some places some lands we carry that dna in us so if our ancestors weren't born let think like for me like part of my the two ancestors my father and my mother they both families were close to the volcanoes mm. so for and high very high altitude so i have and then um i was living in mexico city but in the hills so my body is used to very low air high pressure in the, like you know like i have that genetic code that helps me wow to be in those places and to be in cold, but I don't like the cold, that's the thing. <laughs> but I have that genetic in me, like close in high altitudes. And, and also the plants that the, the people or my ancestors were using, the plants, we are so connected with the, plant, the plants that we don't know at that level, at, mm -hmm. at what level we are so connected. They are in our DNA. I'm totally convinced of that. So the plants that they and our ancestors were using for food or for ceremony, we have it in us. Mm. So it is very easy for us to connect with that plant. So for me, like I were up, um, learning that tobacco was used always in ceremony. So for me, my plan to be in connection with my the spiritual world right away is the tobacco. Mm to do limpia, so I grow, I grew up receiving limpias with the tobacco. See how my grandparents were offering tobacco in different ceremonies. So that's one of the, my powerful plants. Um, so in a ceremony, like, and also when I went, like I was sharing my first ceremony with peyote, right away, like the peyote was like, woo. So I know that we were friends, like my genetic code reacted with that connection, what he was offering. And so for me, it was easy to open. And now I want to share that in the last ceremony I went with peyote, I started having the visions mm. before ingesting the peyote. Mm. Just as, it's like, I feel like I have now that kind of connection that I don't need to ingest it to, uh, in order to have the opening that the peyote allow me to have, just to be in the presence of the plant is like, and that feel, I feel that with different plants, like passion flower. 
passion flower is originally from this land, from Mesoamerica. Mm -hmm. So for us, it's also our plant. It's one of our plants that is super powerful to calm the nervous system like I was sharing. Estapiate. Oh. oh, no. Well, after, if you can, I want to know where I can get some, if, you know, after, before I forget. So, if oh, after you could send me a link. Flower? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. And I know that in California grows very easy. Oh, okay. It, okay. it is very easy to find it in gardens. So, yeah. Uh, so, there's another powerful plant, Estafiate. So, the mm. Estafiate, Estafiate in Nahuatl was uh, used in ceremonies and in healings. Mm. Um, Yautli or pericón is another plant that was used uh, for our ancestors. So we, as descendants of these people, we react better to mm. these plants. Mm. Now, what, going to what you were mentioning, that there's now a weird mix with different medicines and traditions that it, I'm, I think it's going to continue happening, but my personal approach is like, it's not good. It's not good for our soul. It's not good for, or again, like mixing. Like, for example, me, I don't have any connection with the ayahuasca plant. Oh. I don't have ancestors from that land. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't feel the call. Mm. I, I don't know how my body will react to this medicine. It's super powerful. Mm -hmm. uh, like uh, San Pedro, I don't have any connection with Peru neither. Mm. In terms of genetic, you know, it's yeah. not like I don't love yeah, the culture. I love it, but I it's not in my DNA. Mm -hmm. So having, and now I know that in some places they are mixing uh, temascal, but it's also mixed with the traditional sweat lodge from the Lakota people, and they are bringing different plants. So it's like a huge mix that, in my how I see the world, can be dangerous. Mm. Can be dangerous for this to the spirit of the people and to the body of the people. It's too much. It's like putting. It's not necessary. It's too much, como se dice, mucha pólvora para nuestro cuerpo. Mm. Too much um, Pólvora, like, oh, okay, energy. Pólvora is the one that we put in the... in the Gunpowder? That gunpowder. Too much gunpowder into, going into our bodies, and they are going to explode. It's, uh, and it's... It's important to make connection with one plan at a time too, in my experience. Oh. Mm -hmm. So the plan knows you. Mm -hmm. So when I start making, like I say, the tobacco know me since I was a baby, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but when I start working with passion flower again, I make the connection in my twenties. And now we are so, like the spirit of the plan knows me so like very good. Like when I have a crisis and I don't have the plan, the tincture with me, in a shamanic way, I can call the energy of the plant to support me if I have a crisis and I don't have the plant with me. 
Another thing with tobacco, if I need to make a limpia and I don't have anything with me, I can call in a shamanic way the energy of the tobacco to help me to clean my energy or if I need to help somebody because mm -hmm. the plants is in connection with me. So we need to make this deep and respectful in a very respectful way, make the connection with the plant and they will be with you. They mm -hmm. are going to work with you. If you do it in a right way, in a respectful way. So if you go to a place and you have different traditions, like sweat lodge or kind of sweat lodge or kind of temazcal, and you have ayahuasca and you have honguitos and you have zapito, all these like is it's overwhelming and too much. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So, no, like, um, you know, I remember that well, the first time I went to a peyote ceremony, you know, I was about to take some and then they told like, you know, whether it was the plant or spirits or like that, I didn't need it. Right. They said that I didn't need it. So, you know, I didn't, I didn't end up taking it. And the same, I still had visions, everything. Uh, and then I don't know, it was a couple years after when I went to another one. Um, then I took some, but the same, I mean, I, it just felt like a friend, like how you said. It was like, oh, like, hey, how how have you been? <laughs> like, and yeah, and at the time I was going, I was having a lot of anxiety and it took it all away, right? It, it helped me. And then for like over a year, I didn't have anxiety after the peyote ceremony. And, uh, and that I didn't, it didn't like how a lot of people, because I already have those, I already see things. So in that way, but it did feel, it just felt very comforting, right? Like how you said, a friend, like, so that I find that that's amazing. And, and obviously, yeah, I guess if people don't get that, how connected we are to the plants, we literally live from the oxygen that the plants give us. How could it, they not be a part of us? Like for the yeah. lack of respect, a lot of people give the plants and, you know, nowadays where everything's about destroy nature and build, build, build. And they're literally the ones that are keeping us alive. And, you know, it's, it's just amazing that people don't see that, you know? Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, and also uh, sometimes we as a society or the system is pushing the people to don't have this connection. You know, mm -hmm. like for example, they promote smoking and we forgot how sacred is the plant, the tobacco plant. And smoking just because um, like a hobby or just because we get addicted to the chemicals of the plant and not, not only this plant but different plants it's just this um, addiction they feel very disrespected they don't have they don't share the medicine anymore and they are uh, because they are in a way yeah for this because they are feeling that way their presence in, in our lives, if we continue just it in that way, they can be toxic. Like I say, tobacco is not the only medicine that feels like that. It's all their medicines that people using it and they just like whatever, that they are not very happy about it. Mm. You know, you reminded me right now, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think I'm okay to share it because it wasn't told to me in a in a ceremony or anything like that. It was just an elder that shared this. 
I'm almost like asking, like, is it? So I feel like I'm okay to share, <laughs> right? But uh, you know, an elder told me once that they had a a ceremony because that the the trees wanted to leave because the trees, like how you said, felt this disrespected, like humans, and that they had a like a bunch of elders, a lot of medicine men, medicine women. They had a ceremony to ask them to please not leave. So people don't, and I believe that, yeah, like I got, even right now talking about, I got chills all over because, you know, I knew how powerful that was when, when that was said. And I don't think people know like how many things help us while we're here. You know, I've had a lot of frustration. I get frustrated sometimes with not understanding the human condition that we're so self-destructive, right? Like, you know, like, we like i feel like this earth is a paradise right like mother earth gives us everything we need but for some reason we don't see that have you been shown anything um so have you been given any messages about that like going going forward um or one of the main things that they want you to teach while while we're here like is there any specific thing that they really or that you've seen in ceremonies that you're allowed to share or anything like that Right. Well, in this ceremony that I was mentioning, the first, my first ceremony, when uh, we have the presence of peyote, peyote, um, the leaders at some point in the ceremony, and after my crisis, when I like early, that was an all night ceremony. So after my crisis, that I was, I don't know, midnight, one day morning, I don't know. After in the morning, they were calling us, and with each person that was going. Uh, through this initiation, they were sharing part of their mission. Mm. Like, you came here to whatever. So when it was my turn, um, they mentioned that I was here to be a portadora de la palabra, a bearer mm. of the word. And then that's it. <laughs> then I was thinking, okay, and what's the meaning of that? That was, What do I need to do? So after that is when I decided to go back to school because for me, one of the things is like, I've never left totally the academic part. I mm. question, I question, but I know the, well, for me, I need that. Like my mind is like this, the food of my, for my mind, learning, learning, uh, always studying something. And so um, I went back to school uh, to move learn about our ancestors, even though I wanted to do it since I was uh, like young, but I didn't have, I don't know, I was like not sure. But anyway, I went to study Mesoamerican studies and there with this idea, like I needed to be aware of the word, what's the meaning. So I studied for three years, the, well, three years and then start doing my research but always with this idea i needed to know who were the bears of the world mm. were and what they were doing it so and with this research that guy guide me to the healers the tc the ttc in plural so mm. this is the word in our for for people who work the medicine the medicinal arts so I went with them and I, what I discovered is the bear of the word 
were the ones who were keeping the knowledge for the next generations. Mm. So always in these communities was people who keep part of the knowledge. Uh, the people who were like, for example, the keep the timekeepers, the calendar, mm. the medicine, the words, the advices, the history. So before, like. In those societies, they didn't have books where they record everything. They have some of the codex where they record some of the main things. Mm. But the way how they keep their history was repeating. So mouth to hear. Like they have, they memorize the whole story of creation or the whole story of whatever. They memorize and they were passing it to the next generation. So they, this is the, like how we keep, and it's how the or or um, tradition are still alive after five hundred of years of colonization. Mm. Same thing with some of the intervention of Catholicism and all that, but they're still alive. So that's that's why I I discovered that I needed to do this, like pass the word. So I. I went to school, learn, study the codex, learning the history, also being very critical about the history that we learn in school, you know, because a lot of like, for example, pre-Hispanic um, pre history, what we know is mostly because of the Catholic priests who were doing interviews to the children of the people that was killed. You know, wow. so it's like these children, they share what they remember to them and this is how we record it. But not just because it is in the books, in the colonial books, it is true. So we need to be also, um, be open to understand the context, not just because it's there, we need to repeat it as a, yeah. You know, like we need to like be very aware the context, how this was growing, and questioning. Like for example, one of the things that I like to share is the history of Quatlicue and, and Coyolchauki. I like to question that story because the story that we find in the books, colonial books, they say that Quatlique uh, was one day was sweeping the temple and there was this feather, like this ball with feathers. She took it in her clothes and then she got pregnant. Then Coyol Shauki was mad with her because she dishonored the family and she wanted to kill the mother. Mm. So it is the real story. For me, this sounds like something that is touched but some catholicism in it like dishonor like what's the meaning is that the same concept that it was valid in pre-hispanic time before the colonialism colonialism so it's like that it's yeah this is the history we have but it is true i guess just this opening this window of possibilities like maybe you not know, everything we can read in the books colonial books yeah that's the only thing we have but just be aware that it's not 100 percent true just mm. like questioning like who wrote this they were the winners right yeah they won. 
And we know that history is written by the people who won. Mm. Like, well, this is their version. So it's like that. So let me ask you this. Do you feel that the story, was that story first or was it that? Like they merged the story of Jesus because that's the story of when Huitzilopochtli was born, right? When, ha, ha. yeah. So the same, right? They said that the mother was touched by the feathers and she got pregnant, right? So similar to the virgin birth of Jesus. So do you think they took the story of Jesus from the story of, you know, Huitzilopochtli being born or was it influenced by that story? And so we lost our, probably we lost our real story of what it was or which one do you feel, which one do you feel uh -huh. came first or was it influenced by that? you feel right it's like i don't know oh. the possibility like it's so similar you know like dishonor in the family and then would silopostly was born and he's the main one now so it's like this this question mark like is the truth mm. it is the truth true truth or it is influence who grow this with what intention and even like if we read the books the colonial books that were written by the, this catholic priest several of them in the dedicatory they were dedicated to the mostly to the king or, or the key the kings of spain and in the dedicatory you can see i grow this because uh, the his majesty, whatever, asked mm. me to record this, da, 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 da. so always there is an intention behind a book. And again, it's the Catholic priests, mostly, who were writing this to first to reinforce the idea that people here was wild, that's why they needed to bring God or Catholicism to call to civilize. How do you say that? Civilize our ancestors. So that was a way to prove that we needed to go through that. I would say between a lot of those books, uh, Fray Bernardino de Sagún maybe was the one who was more honest in a way. Uh, he was a Catholic priest too, but in the when we read his books, and he wrote, I think, three or four versions of the same book, and there's a, a lot of information. So he went to the children of the, the people, the main people, uh, and then at that point, they were already um, trained in a school where they learn Latin, Spanish. Uh, they continue keeping part of her, their language, Nahuatl or other indigenous language. And these children then were sent to do the interviews that with the, some of the elders that were still alive. So they were asking the questions, the elders answered, but also at that point, you know, like a lot of people was killed. The worst people was killed. And then is coming this priest with this 
children or these children that they already started having a colonized mind. Mm. They are coming to the wise people, asking them all these things. So these people, the elders, they know that they, a lot of the others were killed. How much, what is the freedom that they really feel they have to share? Mm. Maybe it was dangerous for them to share too much. So it's like a lot of that, like having in that context. Like it just uh, like all these people was killed because they knew, I don't know if I want to share. Or I can share just a little bit, but not everything. So you know, like that, we don't, we cannot forget that. Like not again, not just because it's in those books from the fifteen hundreds. It is true. No, absolutely. Have you ever read a book called Broken Spears? I I don't know. It's called Lanzas Quebradas or Broken Spears. No. But oh, that that book is amazing because they said that that's probably one of the most accurate depictions of what happened like during the conquista and if, even when i was reading it i think like every 10 pages i would be so upset because it was written by i think two survivors two native survivors that were there when they they attacked uh uh and then one spanish so the spanish story that he wrote the letters back and this and that it matched the stories of the two native and it was within seven years after everything that happened at um at Tenochtitlan, right? At the when you know they explained how they had asked to have a ceremony because at that point I guess the Spanish had already, you know, tricked and they kind of had already took over. And then they asked them, well, you know how first I guess I guess it's would you feel it's true that that they thought this was one of the you know the god Quetzal like do you feel uh, that, that the Cortez was yeah. yeah yeah do you feel that that's that story is true or because that's kind of what it, it's uh, saying or how do you feel about it well it's I think I was reading a, a book I don't remember now which one was but um that they were mentioning it was another way to justify um everything that happened oh so there's there's some um Theories that mention that they never believed that that Cortez or the Spaniards were gods, so they mm. were Quetzalcoatl coming back. Uh, because right, like they were very smart people, like super smart. So they they learned, they knew that they were men, different men, very different the appearance, the the habits. So there, I I I prefer that version that they didn't. <laughs> believe that was Quetzalcoatl, mm. but and that's again why why we have that story in in the books who create that version like they it's like I've, like in that book like i can't remember what was the name of the book but um they mentioned that they justify everything that happened because they have the right to do it because they were bringing the energy of Quetzalcoatl. Um, so like I say, I, I, I like to question a lot of the things that we have in the books because 
again, who wrote the books with what intention? Mm. And there's still, uh, oh, sorry, there's a, still a lot of uh, files, uh, for, the same, for example, in the Archivo General de la Nación, mm. that are still there, different things wrote in at that time, but nobody had the, nobody has um, translated them yet. So if at some point we can continue exploring, we might find more versions in Awa from the, the indigenous people who survived or who, who were alive and understand what happened. Like for example, this, this book maybe is, is um, similar to what you were referring. Uh, La Visión de los Vencidos for, um, uh, ¿cómo se llama? Oh, I forgot the name, La Visión de los Vencidos. But this researcher went to this Archivo General de la Nación, found the files and make the translation. And we can see some of the uh, sadness of the people who, who was uh, conquest. Mm. Oh, it is, it is, um, it is tricky, no, like, yeah, it's what we have, the books are, yeah, they are there from the 1500, 1600, but um, most of them were written by the Spaniards, Catholic priests who want to justify a lot of things, and later, later we have some of the uh, some books that were written by the descendants of these people, but they were written, they were written in Latin. That mm -hmm. means that they were already went to the school, so where they learn another vision of the world. So I think, and they were trying to do their best, mm -hmm. but they didn't grow up in the in the same tradition. Wow, I mean, you get a chance. It's a short book too, the the Broken Spirit, and it's funny because a friend. That was from here from California. He moved to New Mexico for a little bit and he sent me the book from there. And he said, Oh, I think you'll really enjoy this book. I don't even know, think he had read it. He didn't even read it. He just sent it to me. <laughs> and I, it was, it said because when that book came out, a lot of countries, even like Japan, different countries, loved the book because they felt finally like we were telling our own story. It wasn't by the, conquistadores that this book represented because that and somehow I guess that it had survived all this time because even in the book it talks about like you know they compared it to the Spaniard and then the two that were there and even the Spaniard in his own words he couldn't believe when they went right there and they got to you know I guess what was the Aztec Empire they saw that women and children could travel through the roads safely without nothing happened to them. And they would have runners, that runners would go through the roads to make sure everyone was safe. And the only reason I could see that he had to write about that in such disbelief was because back there in Europe, women and children couldn't travel safely because they didn't give them that because he was in such awe that this was the case in Mexico when they got there at first, right? So he wrote about it back home in a letter about like, wow, women. And they said that it was more advanced than even Rome, the way everything was so organized. And he said mm -hmm. how people, the marketplaces and everything. So he's writing. So if you read that book, it's making a sound 
that our people were, you know, more civilized according to them than even they were over there. So that's why this book, I thought, I don't know, it sounds like, you know, it's not putting us down. So that's why I think it gave it more valid, validity. I think that's like more validation, right? That that this book, but it talked about that. It was like, the reason it made me upset, it's, it was talking about how when they had given them permission, all the weapons were away and they were having a ceremony that the drummers were drumming. Then the Spaniards came, they started chopping off their arms. There were people tripping on their intestines as they were trying to run away. Yeah, so it, it's very graphic. And so when I was reading that, and that's why it was, according to the book, that it was written by two of the survivors within seven years. So they said even like, for example, the story of Jesus wasn't written until I think hundreds of years after, or at least 50 or something. It was a long time after he was already gone. So that this is even one of the most accurate because within seven years after that happened, it was written with you know, I don't know, something like that. I haven't read it in a long time. I can't even find my copy. I really want to order another copy because, uh, right. you know, that book, that book impacted my life a lot. Like when I read it, I think it made me more hungry to learn about like our culture and, you know, that like the lies that we've been told and things like that about, about that. So I don't know. Yeah. Maybe you could read it and then you could tell me if you think, uh, you know, how you feel about it because, Yeah, I'm, I'm very curious. What what is the name? The title Broken is... Spears. Broken Spears. Okay. Let, let me let me see if I could um Let's see I can find it. I'm sure I forgot because they said they translated it to Japanese and to this over like 10 different languages, I remember. Broken Spears? The Broken Spears here it is. It's uh Vision. It's Miguel Leon Portilla. Ah, that's the one I was telling you. Really? Yeah, Leon Portilla, but in Spanish it's called uh, Visión de los Vencidos. Oh, yeah, Visión de los Vencidos. It says it here. Yes. Okay. Oh, that's so the same book. Oh, okay. So you feel it's 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 an accurate book then? Like, or uh, one of the closest? Yeah, that's that's one the, the one that he, he, Leon Portilla, Leon Portilla also was one of my teachers. Oh, he oh, the real went, like you met him and yeah, yeah. Oh, I took wow. classes with him in in the master. Oh, the master degree. yeah. Wow. So okay. he went to the Archivo General de la Nación and ah. he was looking for some of the files. He and his mentor, who was the other, I will remember in a moment. But they went, both they went and they found files that were only in Awa and they translated mm. uh, yes that is one of the the first ones that is is there and there's still several like i think he told us when i was in the master that there's still so many hundreds of files like archivos like documentos mm. documentos from colonial times that are there waiting for somebody who wants to go and find wow. them and translate them Oh, I don't know. I had never heard of it, Vision de los Vencidos, because even the copy I had on, on the cover, it said Broken Spears. Maybe because it's in English. It was translated. Mm -hmm. The one I had was in English. So you read the one in Spanish then? Uh -huh. I have, oh. Yeah, I have my copy, Vision de los Vencidos. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's whew, intense. Yeah, yeah. So that one was every time, as I was reading it, I was just, 
it, it hit me right i was i was just totally. and just again because because of this we carry as uh, the descendants of, of people the original people from here we carry this wound you know mm. if we read this we feel it and like oh like still painful mm -hmm. so in terms of healing as a society we get to heal that that is mm. not easy that is also um they were mentioning how i teach now now and how i want to pass it so part of that mission is passing the word passing the medicine everything that i learned because uh, like similar to what you were sharing for me was a very lonely way so a lot of the things that i know now uh, sorry my phone uh, so a lot of the things i i know now is because i was doing my research also i received the guidance from from my ancestors from my my personal guides so one of the ways i want to do is pass what I learned. So it's mm -hmm. how I'm teaching now. And part of that is acknowledging the pain mm -hmm. that we carry as descendants of this situation that started more than 500 years ago and how that is reflected in, in, in our societies. Mm -hmm. Very easy and practical. Alcoholism is one of the things. Addictions. Mm -hmm. wow uh violence um domestic violence is also connected with that because of all the frustration mm -hmm, that we carry like imagine the society that is amazing societies that were um conquest they didn't were allowed to continue their way of living their spirituality so one of the things that we explore in our classes is how important for our people was the spirituality mm. super important so they were they were resisting 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 not only the mexica they they fall right away because the spanish and not only the spanish but you know it's also the the tlaxcaltecas were helping it's all mm -hmm. this because yeah. society human societies humans but anyway how other societies, other communities were resisting and resisting and resisting. But as soon as they were not allowed to continue their spiritual practices, practices is when they start falling down. Yeah. It's when the real conquest really happened. And that's, it is connected with so many things. The, the Catholicism to uh, not having the personal practices so for example the dancer now the only way how was keeping was was kind of um, adapted to christianity and now yeah i suppose when some of the dancers don't want to know anything about the church and all that but it survived because they were kind of working out with the with the priest or mm. the priestess or the catholic or the church um so like, coming back to our, 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 our trauma as society is necessary to touch the wound 
So it is there. So we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to see it. Like it was terrible. Some people don't want to acknowledge, you know, like this, the indigenous blood is still there. Like, you know, the racism is another thing. Uh, colorism, you know, like white people is better. All that is because of that is surviving. So at some point we need to touch that, those wounds embracing or two blood that's the other painful thing so we have the pain of the what happened to our indigenous people or indigenous part and the truth is we carry the other blood too mm -hmm. and it is painful we don't want to talk about it we don't want to acknowledge that but if we continue that path we are separated so we get to make peace with that in, inside us. And then I think that's going to be reflected more in our societies. So it's where I, at some point, I want, I want to um, work. I want to work in, in that, in that word, the colonialism, the one of the colonialism. And um, yeah, because I want to be respectful of your time because I know we've been, uh, talking for a while, but I know you said that uh, you've taught classes in the past and I know we talked about it briefly. So are you going to start up the classes this year? And I know you said you've been able to have classes for women and you explained the, the reasons you keep them separate as well. And, uh, but it's sometimes a little harder to get more men to be, uh, you know, to come together for the classes. So if you don't mind talking about, like, I guess if you're going to, start the classes this year or when they're going to start? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so right now I'm, um, like I say, I, my dog is talking. <laughs> uh, um, part of what I want to do is start sharing the knowledge, the, the, the PCJ, that is art and medicinal arts. But in order to do that, we get to heal ourselves first. Mm. And the first program, I have two, two programs. Level one is healing ourselves. And then level two is learning the medicine to start sharing with other people. Mm. And I separate that there's one for male, one for women, male and one for female. Because we, and it's not totally related with, um, like, well, the gender we represent is connected several times with the wounds we experience in this lifetime. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So women usually is a lot of violence of gender mm -hmm. related with the wounds. And male is, the violence is, is also present too. But for example, addiction mm -hmm. or violence, uh, fathers, boys, mm -hmm. the, the, the sons, alcohol or other addictions is present, the machismo in a different way. So that's why it's separated. So working with these wounds in a different way. Mm. And then level two, uh, men and women, we came together to the program. Uh, and um, this program, uh, each program lasts nine months. Is connected. The, the program is connected with the Mayan calendar. 
So we are a full cycle of 260 days that is a, is a cycle of a sacred calendar. Mm. Uh, this calendar is, is uh, important to mention that is connected with us as humans. It's, it's 260 days is very close to what a, a pregnancy lasts. Also, uh, the calendar, uh, this number 13 and number 20 is, is important. Number uh, 20, because we have 20 fingers and toes. Wow. Uh, and 13, we have 13 joints. So this calendar is completely connected with us as humans. Wow. So that's why we, I'm following some of the ways how the elders were were working with these teachings so mm -hmm. i opened these these programs just as some time it's a very specific time in the year mm -hmm. or very specific time in the in this in the not the 365 days but in the other cycle the sacred calendar so i open this every nine months so the next one is going to be open for men late May mm -hmm. and for women in June, if I remember right, the dates. And it is open for everybody who wants to start working, uh, learning the TCJOT, the medicinal arts, mm -hmm. in, the, um, in the tradition I'm, I'm carrying. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's open for whoever is serious, you know, I know everybody wants to touch the wound, but that's the only way to your wounds, work with our shadow, uh, improving ourselves. And why it is important for us to, to do that first. If we want to help others and we haven't been working with our own wounds, if something happened and we want to try to help others, if the person that is in front of us has similar wounds, we're going to be reflected. Mm. And we can react and we cannot act. Mm -hmm. So the idea of working with our personal wounds first and doing our work first, uh, support us to be there more in the middle point that is center more balance when we want to help somebody who has a crisis. Mm -hmm. and that's that's why it is 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 um, uh, a requisite to work in the TCO in, in uh, my program to first work and center in ourselves and then go and be ready to start learning the medicine to start supporting others. Mm. No, that makes perfect mm -hmm. sense. Um, and well, after you could send me the links and then I'll put them all in the description for, for everyone that's interested. No, and it's, it, I think, uh, yeah, like even when I did all my work and, you know, it really never stops, but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm mind blown because I think as a humans, we have the, you know, a lot of ego that now we, I'm okay with this. I'm okay with that. And there's so many things so many things buried inside that we hold and like how we were talking even in our dna like mm -hmm. carried on that so that's that's amazing to me once you really and i think that's the importance of the spirituality right that's why they when they took that away from us 
look at all the generations that kept going, like how you said, addictions, alcoholism, violence. Like I said, that story, imagine when a Spaniard wrote, wow, women and children travel safely through. And then somehow, even us, if that's how we were before and we adopted, we adopted these ways after colonization where then even we became that way, right? Violent where, you know, you know, like if you walk through a certain neighborhood, like, yeah, nobody's safe really, right? Like men, women, children, everybody, right? So to hear that at one point, these people that came were like, wow, like people travel safely there. Like, wow. Like, so that was us before. So it shows what we're capable of. We, we were these, whatever we were, you know, we were these beautiful people, right? That, that we were able to do that. Right. And we had people protecting, you know? So of course there was still warriors and not like, Oh, there was no kind of warrior society, but there was some kind of respect, respect within that. Right. So, so I think that's why it's really important to know more about that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It is exactly like we need to know from where we're coming from to know where we are moving forward. So it is very important to, to know what happened or try to discover the best we can, like reading between lines mm. and then knowing what we want for us, but also for our descendants. Like we're doing, like whoever really is, whoever is serious about working in personal healing, it's not for the person, it's, it's healing the lineage. Like we are healing what happened, the trauma our ancestors have in order to don't pass that to our descendants. So that's the idea, like stop at some point and creating a different, at least having the intention that our children will have a different experience, no carry as much as we have. Like, of course, everybody's going to do their work, right? We're humans, but less, less for our descendants. Absolutely. And so just to, like with what you just said, why do you feel that like, not just the Western culture, but the way, and they keep pushing about, they want to see the earth kind of destroy and then a reset rather than do the work. See, I've always thought like that, we can fix it. We can change things. But to them, it was always about, you know, and even religion, I don't want to, you know, I know people are sensitive to that and I, I want to respect, but that's why I went, religion didn't resonate with me because when I would hear them, they were always talking about, oh, the world getting worse is good because that means a Messiah is going to come and fix everything, right? Or or the church was going to be raptured, like God was going to come and take everyone and the earth was going to be destroyed, And but those people were going to be saved. So rather than us being accountable and fixing things, there was always this escapism, right? Like, oh, well, we're going to leave. No accountability. We're just going to leave and let the world so people push towards oh okay let's destroy it faster so then we can leave because as long as it destroys then there's gonna be a reset and they're still pushing that in movies and this that it's always a zombie apocalypse a meteor hitting us the you know the tsunami this so they're always pushing towards this destruction and and for me i've always felt we are here to change we can and for 
It's not for us, for our generation, the future. So, and even now understanding that we do come back, why would you want to come back and leave it? Wouldn't you, if you know you're going to reincarnate and come back because we've been here so many times, wouldn't you want to come back to a beautiful place instead of all this destruction? Like, so that's why I feel, so how do you feel? Why, 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 or that, do they just not know or do you feel there's like, it's almost like a war, a battle in the spirit world where it's like one side is wants to, they need that destruction. And there's some of us that are trying to prevent that. Like what, it, I just, you know, <laughs> cause I go around in my head over this, these things sometimes. So um, I, yeah. How do you feel about that? That's a, that's a deep question. So that made me think in, in this law, uh, that is, uh, I, I don't know the exact the words in, in English, pero es caos y entropía. Mm. Chaos, entropy, maybe. But basically, it means like it, it, it needs to be that way. Like it's the universal law. Mm. So at some point, the, the chaos is going to be so evident that it's going to be terrible, the worst, like the lowest point. We like the situation, whatever situation needs to go there in order to go to the end, entropy, entropy, I'm guessing. Um, that is like the, the best point. Mm -hmm. So it's like, and after that, to be in the best point, like paradise, da, 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 it needs to go again down oh. to the chaos. Mm -hmm. So it this is a, a lot, a lot. So I think we, we are experiencing that now, like everything gets to be worse at the worst point to get better. Mm. And it's up to us if we are able to see it and do our personal work. Yeah, no, no expecting that or God or the angels or the extraterrestrial or whoever is going to come and fix. Like who and why? Like this is my house. This is my garden. I'm the one who needs to take care of that. Who's like the neighbor is going to come and clean my garden or my house? <laughs> it's exactly the same thing, and it's so easy to don't take responsibility and just say, "Oh yeah, like I'm going to leave it to God." They're like, no, like yeah, but take action. Like there's also this. That is some, I think, suggesting in the Bible, like, cree en Dios, pero amarra tu camello. No? So, believe mm. in God, but like, tie your camel. Like, <laughs> yeah, take action. Like, do your work, take your responsibility. If you leave the camel, it's going to be gone. But yeah, you, you were asking God to take care of your camel, but you get to make some actions too. Mm. So I think it's, it's that take the level of responsibility that everybody carries with inside, like some people. And I think that in the last three years, it's more evident, like who is serious about life? Like, are you really taking good care of your health? Mm. Like deep, like, are you eating healthy? Like, how are you doing with sugar? How are you doing with sodas? How are you like, and also uh, not only physical health, but mental health, emotional health, all that, like, 
and it's so easy to don't take responsibility like it's just like oh just like como se dice pues echarle la culpa al otro no like mm. I'm, like i don't need to do anything no like everything everything we we are responsible nobody is going to again come and fix your temple your body your physical body is your responsibility to at this point the idea is that we know what is good for us in all senses and do our work and if we're doing that we can pass that share that and we might find some people in in our path that live similar or understand the world in a similar way and i think we can start like making tribe with this with these people but other people is seeing the world in a totally different way and it's okay everything like it's okay but it's it's different paths mm. how so i see like this in this last three years i see like it's so clear like it's two paths like are you serious in you what you're doing you're taking responsibility or not and it is okay or you who is allowing like are you deciding about your health or are you allowing others oh i think your yeah, el microphone estaba pegando ahorita con el hoy. No, ahorita, no, es que ahorita lo que dijo no escuché porque estaba haciendo como que el. Ah. Ok, no, okay. sorry, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. So, yeah, like I seen like this two, two paths. Like, you are you the one who's taking care of you? Like, you're real taking the responsibility for your life? Or are you allowing others to be responsible about your life in all senses, about mm. your health, about your economy? about your everything, your mental health. So is that I, is how I see like now we are in a very important point, like to be serious about, about life and what we want to create. And that's, there is an outcome in both ways. Mm. Like, but what's the outcome that I want? Is this the outcome or this is the outcome? And both are fine. It's just like, what do I want? And how I'm making it happen. It's not just sitting and praying or manifesting and having my vision board too. That, that's also another thing. And I have my vision board. I know it's going to happen. Or I'm praying to God or Quetzalcoatl if you want. Like, no, like take action. Start your day. How do you start your day? How are you ending today? Everything. What are you taking? What are you drinking? Your thoughts, your minds, how you behave with yourself, with other people. Everything, everything matters, I think, at this point. For this chaos and entropy law, like we are going to this chaotic point. Yeah, it's, it's chaotic just because it is. But maybe between all these, we can start putting some order. So it's not going to be too bad. But if you allow the chaos to take the lead, well, it's going to grow. But I think that's a cycle and it's the law. It's the mm. law. So you feel like um, it's happened before and it's just part of the... So it's almost like humans, we have this short-term memory, right? When it comes to like the great... <laughs> Like, we just have to go through it. Like, that's it. So many civilizations, right, have gone 
Like, are you? For, I'm, I haven't studied big like that much the story. Like even Atlantis, right? Like the story of Atlantis that they say it was this so advanced society, and even they got to a point where you know everything just poof came crashing down. And I mean, you even see it like with Rome, right? Rome became this huge thing, boom. You know, right here, the Aztec Empire was huge, and then boom. So it's happening huh yeah the you i mean next (laughs) i think the united states i think it's obvious i feel like like i know like i i I don't even like i just know that this is Mm -hmm. the kingdom that that rose and it's it's and again it is the law it is the law it's going to happen and oh i forgot i left my my thought um what you were saying oh yeah about what happened so the mayan calendar is so amazing because of mm. what you are mentioning so they knew they start the well then the calendar is based in a big cycle of five thousand years so they knew that every five thousand years is this big it's like a big year of five thousand years wow. so this, this cycle is changing and everything is different. So they knew that some cataclysm again, the chaos, cataclysms will happen and all that. But because it's 5,000 of years, we lost the information. So I, I remember having a conversation with some friends, like, like we right now in this year, we don't know almost anything about what happened 5,000 years ago. It's, it's gone. But they they experienced something too. Whoever was here five thousand years ago, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and before that, so our our Earth lives in this big cycle of five thousand years, and the big cycle, and also is is in the Mayan calendar. Like the big cycle, La Cuenta Larga, is twenty five thousand. So a huge cycle of twenty five thousand of years. So it's like a lot of change. So it's like, if we don't know, if we don't remember anything that happened 5,000 years ago, we don't know anything that happened 25,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I don't know if we don't have the capacity, but it's it's going to continue happening, I think. Mm -hmm. The capacity to record or to keep memory of these cycles and we lose everything and we start again. I don't know. That's um, something I question myself. No, absolutely. And I think that that's what a lot of these temples and pyramids are. I think that they tried to leave us that they were aware or at least as it was coming as at the end of these cycles, how do we leave this information? So they build these huge pyramids and things that have all this information that would survive a tsunami or survive uh something. I think that they have been trying, or we, right? If we keep coming back, we're aware at some point we we become aware and we say, okay, now I'm gonna try to leave something. So the next time I come back here, I know, you know, but that okay. then someone has to translate it, like you said, like all that information and no one's really taking the time to translate all that, you know, just just mm-hmm. a little bit here and there. And that's you know, I, only 500 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so hope, hopefully, uh, yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, so many, so many questions, so many things. But I think we we get to do what we get to do with what we know and taking action and moving forward to to create something different. At least, well, how I like to see my life and the world is, I want to leave this world better, nicer than I found it. At least with more flowers, at least with more plants, at least with remembering more about healing, loving ourselves. Absolutely. That's my hope. Absolutely. No, that's beautiful. No, no, thank you so much for saying that. And um, yeah, so I don't want to keep you any longer. Uh, it was an absolute honor. Hopefully we can do this again. Um, you know, uh, I definitely feel that there's even, you know, that you have tons of knowledge that we didn't get a chance to go into everything, you know, uh -huh. but um, but yeah, I mean, if you can give me all the links, I, I'm really interested in your class as well. So I'll put all the links in the description. Yeah, sure. Yeah, there's these two, two classes, or the main programs, but also if, if you allow me, I want to start uh, teaching classes about reading the oracle soon, oh, okay. how to interpret the, the cards. Uh, part of the other things I, I want to start doing again are tours to sacred places. Oh, I saw that you used to do that and you stopped at some point, right? So yes, because of the, the pandemic. And everything, all. Yeah, everything was closed. And then I, I moved here to welcome back to Mexico and I needed a break to also figure out my life. But it's, it's time to start again. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to send you the links where if anybody's interested in, in learn about the classes or the tours that are coming find it there also i can um maybe you can share also one of my emails if like or the instagram i don't know oh yeah yeah or every everything can... you send me i'll put in the in the description so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. absolutely yeah and I, I i'm really interested in the tours as well because i was actually looking at that when i first found your website and yeah it said i think the last one i don't know if it was before 2021 right the last one was in 2020, 2022, but oh. this was with my students, only my students. Oh, okay. So, um, for the general public, uh, was, when was that? 2020, mm. I think? No. Oh. 2019. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's time to start again. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to hearing mm -hmm. about that because yeah, I think I want to go. I haven't been, I haven't even been to Mexico in, in a long time, really. Yeah, you so. should come. These are different, basically. It's same thing. No, like learning about our cultures, about our traditions, the medicine, uh, connecting with the sacred sites meditations and ceremonies so it is it is they are profound they are uh, people can experience transformation in these tours mm. so yeah it'll be nice absolutely, absolutely. and well also i want to thank you for for the invitation for everything you are doing i know that is is it's a lot of work so i acknowledge that 
uh, for keeping doing what you are doing. Uh, you are, I'm sure, moving conscience and creating, creating momentum for whatever is going. <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, it was an honor and thank you so much for your kind words. And yeah, hope, hopefully, hopefully, you know, I'm, I'm doing everything in, you know, in a good way, obviously, but, you know, heading in the right direction with, you know, yeah. So thank you so much. And uh, yeah, on that note, we'll end it. And then I'll put all the links below for anyone that wants to be in contact. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Life may move fast, though it may move slow I met a silly man who said he'd make it slow We look about towards space, so even at the sky One day pass away, but never look inside Breathe in, breathe out Life is a man's move, figure this out Feeling it, you know what I'm saying? Just feeling it. <laughs> and I want to feel this way forever. Yeah.